Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between five and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. You're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus, for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcasts app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Thanks, everybody. Down here, up there, welcome to the Late Show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Folks, I don't, I don't pretend to be news. This is a late-night show, okay? And I try not to get swept up in the sensationalism of the modern news grind, but when history's being made, I can't ignore it. Which is why tonight's top story is an Ontario man's eight-foot zucchini <laughs> might be the longest in the world. Which, of course, raises the question, is that a world record in your garden, or are you just happy zucchini? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. For more, much more, on this story, let's go to CHCH News, Ontario's news leader. While it isn't official yet, a Thorold man is confident he squashed the record. Adam Atkinson has the incredible story of Henry and the giant zucchini. The Guinness World Record for the longest zucchini is 8 feet 33 inches. Really? <laughs> 8 feet 33 inches. I know this is Canada, but the metric system is weirder than I thought. <laughs> pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, we can check on this, I'm pretty sure he meant 8 feet 3.3 inches. And one other thing, can we see that last angle on the zucchini again? <laughs> Hey! Hey, buddy! Watch where you're dangling your squash. No full frontal crudite, buddy. There could be baby carrots watching. Now, according, according to official measurements, it's 8 feet 4.79 inches. Lord, that's a lot of gourd. A zucchini that long must have as much as zero flavor. Let's go back to intrepid garden newsman Adam Atkinson for more. It's hard to get a sense of just how long this zucchini is, so I'm gonna try to show you a different way. I'm six foot one. This zucchini is almost eight foot five. I. <laughs> I went to journalism school. 
I wanted to be a foreign correspondent. Now I'm lying on the ground next to a very long squash. Please dig a hole and just roll me into it. Back to you, Taz. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, Steve, and there's no way you're going to play a third clip from this Canadian local news story. <laughs> really? Watch me. Jim? D'Angelo is still waiting to hear back from the folks at Guinness World Records, but after he's crowned the Zucchini King, he may tackle some other giant veggies. Uh, maybe I'll look into something else to see what else I can grow that's uh, sort of unique or exotic. Tread carefully, Canada. Your gardeners are so preoccupied with whether they could grow giant vegetables, they didn't think if they should. There's only one place this leads. Welcome to Zucchini Park. Moving. How many minutes on the zucchini did we just do? Moving from Canada's national pastime to America's, hoping Donald Trump goes to jail, he... <laughs> he is presently running for president and from the law, and I'll tell you all about it in tonight's edition of... Road to the White House and or Big House, Donald Trump be the people. America decides and or convicts. Uh-oh. Now, in Trump's New York financial fraud trial, which is going on presently, the court is hearing testimony from Ivanka, Don Jr., and Eric. Or as Trump calls them, the pretty one, the smart one, my favorite, Don Jr., and Eric. <laughs> First up, uh, Don Jr. When prosecutors asked Don Jr. if he had anything to do with the Trump Organization's fraudulent 2017 financial statements, he replied, I did not. The accountants worked on it, and I leave it to my CPAs. Your Honor, I know nothing about finance or numbers. I achieved my position in the organization because I can make a calculator spell boobs. <laughs> you just turn it upside down. <laughs> well, not to brag or anything, but I have an accountant, and I know they don't just pull the fake numbers out of their CPA holes. And, and Junior, Junior Trump knows this, too. He even testified about it, describing the letter he signed to an accounting firm asserting the Trump financial docs were accurate as a, quote, cover-your-butt letter. Oh, I think the Trump organization needs more than a letter to cover that butt. <laughs> Besides... Besides, the letter says that you gave the accountants the accurate numbers to work with. It's a cover-their-butt letter, Junior. Your lily-white ass is still hanging in the wind, clapping like a harp seal. <laughs> of course, because, because this was in court, there was a sketch of him. Look at that. <laughs> Art critics have dubbed it the Brona Lisa. <laughs> Junior was very interested in his own face because when leaving the court... He paused to hover over the sketch artist's work, which explains the second drawing she made. <laughs> Today, he even had some notes for her telling the artist to make me look sexy. 
and quip that both sides of his face are the good one. It takes a lot of balls to hit on a sketch artist during your own trial. Hey, hey, what are you doing later? I'm free after five. Maybe four with good behavior. <laughs> now... Then Eric Trump took the stand and also claimed ignorance. He had to. He was under oath. <laughs> Trump, Trump... Trump is also facing a constitutional lawsuit. This one's... There's one in Minnesota. This one's in Colorado, right? It, where voters have brought a case to remove Trump from the 2024 ballot under the 14th Amendment, which was passed after the Civil War... To, to bar anyone from serving an office who has engaged in insurrection. Well, Trump's lawyers unveiled a very interesting defense. When it came to the insurrection, the former president did not engage. The term engage, the term engage means to do something. Frankly, no one really knows what that means, but I think we can all agree it means to do something. Now, it sounds like crazy logic, but that's actually how Trump proposed to Melania. My dear... <laughs> My dear, we should be engaged. Frankly, nobody knows what engage means. But it means to do something, and I promise I will do a porn star. <laughs> and if you... If you think the word engage is hard for Trump's lawyers to understand, wait till you hear about the word insurrection. There are lots of definitions of what an insurrection is. When there are numerous definitions, that means there's really none. Yes. <laughs> Your Honor, my client is accused of murder, but murder has so many definitions. Does the prosecution mean a killing or a group of crows? <laughs> I demand mistrial by homonym. <laughs> we got big news about New York congressman and toddler sitting in front of you. And toddler sitting in front of you on the plane who won't break eye contact, George Santos. <laughs> Santos is currently the subject of both a criminal probe and a House Ethics Committee investigation, which has motivated his fellow New York Republicans to try to kick him out of Congress. Well, last night, the House held a vote, and Santos survived the effort to expel him. What? You're telling me after all the corruption, the fraud, the money laundering, the identity theft, the fake volleyball, the mystery baby, the fake Hannah Montana, the fake Spider-Man, that Congress decided to not expel George Santos? Well, I have only one thing to say to you. Thank you. <laughs> I need this. He may be a crazy criminal, but compared to all the other criminals, he's fun. <laughs> that being said, boo! You had the chance to vote him out. Yes, thank you. Boo! boo! What a disgrace. Thank you. <laughs> now, after Santos won... He posted a picture of himself wearing a crown alongside the quote, if you come for me, you best not miss. Now, some of you may know he's quoting Omar from The Wire, but I gotta say, in that crown, he doesn't look like a drug lord. He looks like the Burger King. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Secretary Pete Buttigieg. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. 
From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, welcome back. My first guest tonight is the Secretary of Transportation. Please welcome Secretary Pete Buttigieg. much for being back. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, obviously, Secretary of Transportation, but more importantly, you are the father of two-year-old twins, Gus and Penelope. So, obviously, first question, most important question is, what did they uh, dress up as for Halloween? Uh, so, uh, so, Gus went as this, uh, it's kind of like a dinosaur-monster combo situation. With, I don't fine know, line. We got it at Target. Line, yeah. It has three eyes, but it's basically a dinosaur other than that. And Penelope, we could not get her into a costume that she liked. Finally, we settled on the, uh, the costume from that uh, movie, Encanto. Uh, and um, uh, she wanted nothing to do with the dress until the day of. And then she was all about it. Chasson was getting them into the costumes. Gus had a full-on rebellion, angriest he'd been in his two-year-old life. Uh, couldn't even get him into the costume. But, but he did develop an interest in the candy when we got out there. Sure. I do. That's the, that's the draw. Um, two-year-old terrible twos, are you finding it a struggle? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But... But, but they're also hilarious. They're just sure. more fun and interesting. It's definitely not getting easier. It's getting harder, but it's getting more fun and rewarding because, you know, they're, they're more and more human. We start, you know... We've had they get fo- stronger, too. Yes, yes. I didn't realize how much just physical kind of restraint and redirection was, was part of parenting at this age. Sure. So what I like to advise new parents is that keep in mind they're small but relentless opponents. <laughs> They only get more energy as they get older. You get less. Oh, and they're getting smarter. They've, they've figured out how to defeat the baby gate. They, they've figured out how to oh, wow. lock the door to the bathroom, which is a really unfortunate development during bath time when they locked us out. We figured it out. But, uh, you know, before I was confident that I was smarter than them. Now, mm-hmm. each passing day, I'm you not getting You ever bang on the door and go, let me in, I'm a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> they don't seem to care. Speaking of two-year-olds, um, uh, we're coming up on the second anniversary of uh, Biden's historic infrastructure bill. It was a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. How much... <laughs> how much of that $1.2 trillion uh, is left to spend and how much of it is being spent on signs like this where it says, uh, project funded by President Joe Biden's bipartisan infrastructure bill. I'm a big believer in these kind of signs. If if, if the government's going to spend a lot of money, we get to know where it's being spent. I I like this sort of public... Well, that's just the thing. I I think, uh, first of all, the answer to your question is of the transportation piece, which is about half the bill, uh, about $200 so far has been identified and matched to progress uh, projects. There's there's more to go, so we're right on track. Uh, But I think you're right. I mean, sometimes, uh, especially... uh, elected officials from my party were just a little too subtle. Mm-hmm. And we can't be subtle about this. People need to know that if you like that airport being fixed in, in, in your community or that, uh, that, that bridge that's getting redone uh, near you or the, the transit improvements coming to your neighborhood, that's there because Joe Biden got this bill done. We need to make sure people and know I, it. And yeah. I actually think even beyond... Is, I mean, I, obviously, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Joe Biden and the idea of this infrastructure bill, but I think beyond that, it's very important for the a cynical public or a portion of the public that is cynical to understand that the government can do things. There are some projects, some things so big, 
that you want the government to be empowered to do it. Absolutely. And then you build public trust by getting these big things done. America's always been at its best when we've set out to do big things. And the fact that it was also done on a bipartisan basis, I mean, not everybody, but, but we got a good number of House Republicans and, and Republican senators to cross over to work with the president to get this done at a time when people said that was impossible. You know, before we got the bill passed, there so many people wrote the political obituary of that bill again and again and again. We actually got it done. And in a time that's chaotic, sometimes even bleak, uh, when you look at, at, at some of the news stories out there, I think it's a really important reminder that, yes, we can get big, good things done. Now, you're in town. You're in New York City right now to announce uh, two projects. What, what, what are those? Yeah, both of these are a long time coming, and we're really excited about them. One is we're starting construction on the Hudson River Tunnel. This is, uh, I think we talked about this uh, when I came on the yes, show. Yes, we have, years we ago. have, yes, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and as I said then, some of the finest uh, construction technology of the Teddy Roosevelt years really has needed to be redone for, for literally, it's, it's a hundred-year-old Yeah, year old, yeah uh, it, was start, it was the 19 aughts is when they started yeah, that, right? hundreds of thousands of people a day count on it, and it, it needs to be done. So we're, we're advancing that through the funds in the president's infrastructure bill, and then the Second Avenue subway, uh, extending that to 125th Street, serving people in Harlem who deserve good transit just like every other New Yorker, mm-hmm. finally able to get that done. Now, bridges and tunnels, uh, bridges and tunnels take a long time to build. Yeah. Now, how do you make sure that the money is allocated without corruption and not misused? And uh, how do you make sure that these projects get finished? Because they take a long time. You guys yeah. may be out of office. How do you, how do you make sure this gets finished um, even if you guys aren't there? Yeah, look, uh, some of these projects can be done in one construction season. Uh, Others are are, are like cathedrals. The people who start them aren't always the the people who finish them. Uh, But what I've noticed is that even the people like the House Republicans who voted no on this bill, tried to stop it, tried to block it, called it socialism, uh, when it comes to any actual specific project, they are first in line to be there to celebrate it. So They'll cut the ribbon. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know... Our job was to line up the funding, and, and there's very strict oversight to make sure that it's spent in a transparent and, and fair and credible way. Uh, but I think, importantly, even the people who weren't there with us politically uh, understand the importance of the projects, and, and, and they're right there to support them when we're getting them done. We have to take a quick break, but stick around. We're right back with more Secretary Pete Buttigieg, everybody. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. We're back with the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. I have a question for you. Okay. Did you see at the airport here in New York uh, a jet blue plane tipped up? And uh, on, on, it tipped up on its wheels? Yeah. Like it did. A, it popped a wheelie? Yeah. You saw that? Heard about that. You heard, you heard about that? Because the photo is quite yeah. alarming and funny. It literally, when you see the planes on the tarmac all the time, you think, why don't they just tip up? 
They, and it, do you know you're the Secretary of Transportation? What gives? Uh, weight and balance is a really big deal on airplanes, and uh, obviously that situation is being investigated. But uh, one of the many, many things that uh, uh, everybody involved in aviation has to qualify on. I don't think there's anything more important than finding out why a plane popped a wheelie <laughs> at the gate. That's, that's that's just me. You're the expert. I'm just uh, I'm just. But that makes me want to take the train. Now, you were recently in Alaska. I, I've never been. I've always wanted to go. I understand it's incredibly beautiful up there. And uh, did Senator Murkowski take you to an ice bar? Because when Secretary of Energy Granholm was on the show, she said she had a really good time with Lisa Murkowski. And Murkowski took her to this thing, an ice bar. It's a bar oh. carved out of ice. That sounds And, like, so the cool. bottles are down in the ice and everything. Did you get to do what? that? No. <laughs> what is this, then? Where are you going here? What is... What is that? It's a five and a half hour ferry ride. And Granholm got a got an ice bar? Yes, that's what you got. <laughs> <laughs> that is it, that 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 looks. Where, why are you on a five and a half hour so actually, ferry? I, well, because the uh, seaplane couldn't take off, which is a, a common issue. Yeah. There are a lot of communities in Alaska that the only way you can get to them is by either a ferry or a plane. We went to some communities you can't even get to by a ferry. We're in a town called Kotzebue, and uh, I was talking to the mayor. The only way she was able to get a car. Uh, was to, to have it sent there on a plane. Uh, they had to let the air out of the tires and, and take down some of the top, and the, uh, uh, take off the top, and they got it kind of crammed into uh, an air freight solution. These are not wealthy folks. These are these are Alaskan Native communities, and when you see the unique needs that they have, when you see what it takes, you know, milk can be 18 bucks in some of these communities because of what it takes just to ship basic things there. I mean, things you would never imagine going by air freight. I saw in the warehouses of Alaska Air uh, that that are like uh, toilet paper. Um, that, that there's just no other way to ship them. It really is extraordinary. So even though I was not thrilled when I got the call from Senator Murkowski at 5.30 in the morning that the plane wasn't taking off and we were going to take that ferry ride, it was a great way to get perspective on the challenges for Americans getting around in Alaska and why they need support from uh, infrastructure funding, which, thanks to President Biden, we're delivering. When we last talked, when, 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 when we last talked, um, uh, Mike Johnson was not Speaker of the House. Now Mike Johnson is Speaker of the House. Yeah. And his record on LGBTQ issues is, what's the word, awful. So how do you work with a guy who argued that same-sex relations are, quote, the dark harbinger of chaos and sexual anarchy that could doom even the strongest republic? Look, I'll work with anybody who, who can help us get good transportation available to the American people, but I don't know, maybe we'll just have them over, because... We, our, our little house isn't that far from, from the Capitol. And if he could see what it's like when I come home from work and Chaston's bringing the kids home from daycare or vice versa, and one of us is getting the mac and cheese ready, and the other one's microwaving those little freezer meatballs that are a great cheat code if you got toddlers and you got to feed them quickly, and, and they won't take their shoes off, and one of them needs a diaper change. Everything about that is chaos, but, but nothing about that is dark. That's... The love of God is in that house. Well, uh, too bad for Mike Johnson and great for everybody else. Uh, Same-sex marriage is legal, it's constitutional, it's thriving. And, in fact, you and Chaston recently celebrated your uh, fifth uh, wedding anniversary this summer. Do you have any favorite memories from that day? 
Oh, so many. I mean, our, our friends, uh, uh, the, uh, at one point the power went out and it was right because uh, we, we, had, we had a food truck, a taco truck there. And I guess they plugged it in uh, or changed what it was plugged into just right in the middle of living on a prayer uh, when everybody was dancing. And, uh, and people didn't skip a beat. It, it was incredible. Um, and now I'm in a little bit of trouble. Uh, because uh, around the time of our anniversary, I had to be in Japan for a G7 transportation ministerial. Uh, so we're going to have a very nice dinner while we're here together in New York. That hopefully will be a reminder of uh, how excited we were about that anniversary. Well, Secretary, thank you so much for being here. Good luck with the transportation money. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.